This is the KNGI Network.
Good evening one and all and welcome to a brand new edition of Viper's VGM Chair. Now as you can guess as always I'm your host the Green Viper 8 and we've got some great gaming tunes coming up for you over the next one and a bit hours but well, that's really about the only thing that's predictable about tonight's show at least if you're listening in to the live edition that is and well if you're listening in to said live edition you've got two spaces where you can come and find us you can come and chat with us and you can come and chill with us as well so thank you to everyone who's listening on the normal home of the kngi network but due to circumstances we are also live on radiosega.net as well so thank you to everyone who's joining me from both sides of the stream Now, this show is going to be a really weird one because, well, we're on both sides of the stream as said, but this is also a Friday night at 7pm at the time of recording. This is normally when the other show that I do, Pick and Mix, would be on the air over on RadioSega.net. Now, this week's been a real hodgepodge of a week. I've had a lot of good moments, but most of the good moments have been to distract from... (laughs) From the less than stellar moments, to be completely honest with you, just due to a combination of uh, health reasons and uh, ongoing sucky life things. Um, instead, I've been getting up to a lot of stuff. Um, so, in one way, it's been a great week, but in other ways, as a result of just trying to clear my head and you know get into get into some other things, it's actually been a very tiring week, and therefore I wasn't able to bring you. Viper's VGM chat as planned on Wednesday. That in combination with still no access to the soundtrack of Puzzle Bubble, Every Bubble. Every I always I always say every bubble when it's every bubble. And I try and correct myself midway through and then I just stumble through the sentence. Regardless, that game, I still don't have any music to it yet. And it's not getting any easier to find. So uh, in in if you want to release it on any streaming service, please do. If anyone's selling their pre-order bonus CD, please let me buy it off you. I'll do anything at this point, and anyone who's got access to the game files, please just just rip the music so I can do this show finally and stop advertising false episode ideas that will never come to fruition. So, because of that, there was a couple factors that made it difficult to do a show on this Wednesday. So instead, uh, the idea kind of came into my head as a backup that I could do the show on the Friday instead. And that's exactly where we are. Right now, in terms of Pick and Mix, the reason that one didn't end up going live is a couple of reasons. One, because of the turbulence of the week, as I mentioned. I've not really had much of a chance to get on and do... Well, it's going to be quite a planning extensive show, and I'm perfectly happy to do that, but... Um, when I've had no time or energy, it's not been very easy to do so. And the second reason is there's still some assets for the episode itself, actually, that I'm waiting on. So there's just a combination of reasons, and trying to put something together at the last minute wouldn't have worked as well. So instead, I came up with the idea to do this show and give you a bumper night of Viper programming. So we've got the usual backlog slash gaming accomplishments for the month of May 2023 episode coming up here, since we have now rolled over into June. And we're also going to have a Twitch stream coming up afterwards, but I'll explain the details of that to you at the end of the show. But because of that, I thought, hey, why not go live on both stations? And because of that, it gives us a great opportunity to expand our horizons and play some, well, Sega music in the case of the KNJ Network and some non-Sega stuff here on Radio Sega. Now, uh, for the RS guys, uh, if you're that offended that there's no Sega music on this show, uh, there's like two pieces later on at the end. Uh, Yes, Crash Insane Trilogy technically is a Sega release, so that is one of the two games that's going to (laughs) be played a little bit later on. 
Uh, one of them is a through and through Sega game though afterwards. But yeah, for the most part, this is for those of you not familiar with this concept. This is a show I do uh, here on Vipers VGM show where we look back at the last month in gaming at the beginning of the next one. So I go through what we finished. But since everyone plays games differently, we also look at say any ongoing live service multiplayer, whatever games you've been playing throughout the month. Anything you just quickly dipped into, regardless, as long as you played it in May 2023, and it made up a significant, uh, I, I made a significant impact during your month. You know, even if you only played one session of it, but that was a defining gaming moment of your month. And hey, we want to hear the music from it, and we want to talk about it too. So why not jump into either of the Discord servers? We've got radioseega forward slash Discord and kngi.org forward slash discord, both of which you can come and chat with some lovely people about all that stuff and more. So I'm going to go ahead and give my usual thank yous. So, we currently have Jamie64326, Resident SD, Purvis, and Pocket Lurry over on the KNGI side, and over on the Radio Sega Discord, we have Wrath, Twinny, Resident SD, Pocket Lurry, and Jamie. Thank you to you all, if you're lurking, listening elsewhere, listening to the podcast on some sort of rerun, no matter how you tuned into this one, a big thank you for joining me tonight, regardless. So, in terms of gaming, I guess, in May 2023, it was actually a pretty stacked one for me. While there was a lot of random multiplayer bits I played here and there, and that was represented in the first track there, by the way, from Tau Unite, the theme of Bedzoom from the Accelerate mode. Accelerate? Accelerate mode! Uh, also, afterwards, another game I... I actually cleared a lot of stuff in May 2023 as well, and I finished Spyro the Dragon 1 through the Reignited Trilogy. And that was from the PS1 version, that was Wizard Peak, because uh, unlike the Crash Insane Trilogy, you get the really nice option in the Spyro Trilogy to actually get a soundtrack switch from the remastered one back down to the PS1 versions. And i got to be honest, uh, it's all a matter of personal preference, of course. Uh, I really quite liked the upgrades made to the Crash Trilogy. I quite like the new music of the uh, the CTR remake. This is the case where I prefer the PS1 versions, so it's great to be able to switch back to that, and you'll be hearing the music from Spyro the Dragon for the PS1 tonight as a result. But everything else, uh, in the case of the Crash Insane Trilogy, is going to be coming from that specific version. Yeah, I played a lot of stuff like that. I cleared a lot of things, which I will... I don't think that made much sense. I cleared a lot of things. (laughs) And I'll be talking about them in the next segment, of course, as per always. So I won't be saying too much about that. But a lot of clearings, a lot of things dipped into once or twice. A lot of multiplayer things enjoyed. There's a lot to talk about on that front. So I'll talk about that momentarily. Of course, let me know what you think. Uh, what you're up to, have you had a good week, etc. You know all the usual stuff that you can post down in the Discord servers. Otherwise, why not come and join us on Twitter as well? That's at Viper'sVGMChair or Viper'sVGMChair at the VIPVipers.space on Twitter. Nope, on Masterton. <laughs> uh, Freudian slip there. Anyways, one of the games I finished this month and also managed to 100% a couple days later was one we've heard from before here on these backlog slash gaming episodes or gaming in the month of episodes uh, thanks to other people and that was coming up for myself because I got round to doing the big hundo on Here Comes Nico. so with that in mind let's get the Hairball City Samba theme on and then we got a, we got a request from Pocket Alluri from Pokemon Scarlet and Violet which I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more about soon but for now let's enjoy those two when we come back I'll be chatting to you as usual about what I played in May 2023 right here on both the KNGI Network 
and Radio Sega.
snuck one in at the end there for you. That was from Team Raider 2, Venice, requested by Jamie64326, with or without the numbers, depending on how you're feeling on the day. Before that, from Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, that was Nimona's theme, requested by Pocket Alari, and kicking off the block was from Here Comes Nico, Hairball City Samba. Uh, that was my own pick there. Anyways, we are back, and it's time for me to talk about what I played in the month of May. I nearly said June, but no, that's this month. Uh, it's been a long week once again. How can you tell? <laughs> Anyways, let's jump into it. Uh, big old shout out, as usual, goes to my backlog page. That is backlogged without the E. So backloggd.com forward slash U forward slash the green vibrate if you want to come and find me over there. I always post what I've been playing, except I've actually been kind of slow. As a result, I haven't got up my most recent finish on there. But regardless, uh, I tend to post what I've played ahead of time if you want to come and look at my reviews of stuff. Anyways, I'm going to be reading from there as a result and looking through my gaming month. So, we kick things off on the 1st of May with a little game called Here Comes Nico, which I just mentioned. So it's kind of a small, sandboxy 3D platformer. Small being the big word, it's very self-contained, a very short runtime, but it's all the more sweet for it. It feels like it's been months since I finished this game, that's just how long of a month uh, May ended up feeling like. At the time, I wrote about it. It's a really short but sweet, comfy platformer that scratched an itch I didn't know I had. Just short enough to not outstay its welcome, but long enough to leave a mark. So, yeah, that's what I ended up having to say about it when I finished it. And as for, like I mentioned, when I 100%ed it, I uh, added onto the already existing review. I didn't find it as fun as the main game. While a lot of the tokens are well designed, others leave a lot to be desired. Some collectibles are a little too cryptic to feel completely fair at times too. If you really, really love this game, then the 100% is worth it. Otherwise, I'd say just finish the main game, as there's not too much real reason to nab everything else, aside from pride. So, you don't really get anything for doing the 100%, it's more just if you want to, but yeah, for the most part it was fine uh, going for the rest of the collectibles, but there were certain ones that unfortunately just didn't feel like they were explained well enough, they were either well too hidden, or sometimes were just in plain sight, uh, in the case of ones that were meant to be perhaps a little more cryptic for you. So, it was a little bit of a mixed bag in that regard, but I still think it's a great game, shines the most when you play it. Uh, just from beginning to end in an hour or two. It's perfect at that. I think it's a great game. Uh, and if you're a fan of 3D platformers and collectathons and anything of the sort, then it might just scratch the smallest of itches for you. You're not going to go into this and get like a 50-hour game where you've got to backtrack all over the place. It's not what it's trying to be. It's just a little refresher, and it's perfect at that. So I'd say, based on that, here comes Nico. It was a great game, and I'd recommend it uh, after having spent some time with it. Uh, next up on the 8th, this was one I must have started early April uh, in co-op mode and finally got around to finishing it because I had zero motivation to play this thing. Um, you know that I've been playing through the series quite a lot uh, as of the last year or so with my significant other. Therefore, uh, this is the next game in the series that we went through and yeah, Skyland and Superchargers I finished on the 8th of May. Now, I'm normally a bit more lenient on these games, uh, as you might have heard on these past shows. I think for what they are and the price point you can get into them for nowadays, I think a little bit overbashed. Not the greatest of things, but certainly a nice chill afternoon playing something a little mindless, uh, but still a fun carp brawler of the sort. So I normally give them 
quite a bit of a pass based on that. Some have been better than others, but for the most part, I do, as a baseline, think they're pretty fun. Uh, Skyland Supercharges then. You might have noticed that was a lot of build-up for that. Um, yeah, the weakest one so far. <laughs> this game is a weird one, and I note this in my review, which is pretty comprehensive from what I recall, but... Um, for journalists, this is a breath of fresh air. People who didn't like the franchise to begin with thought it was repetitive and stale and all those words you could use to kind of fit in there. Uh, for those sorts of people, this was enough of a change-up to be actually a really refreshing game, apparently, and a completely... Uh, it scored way better than most games tended to in the series to that point, so it was really an anomaly. So you go into it with that impression, thinking, oh, it's a great game. You then come at it from the other side of things, of the people who already like these games, you know, say, the, a pre-existing fandom, or just people who happen to enjoy them. It's viewed in a completely different light. It's more viewed as a retooling of a formula that people already enjoyed and didn't need retooling. Uh, it's viewed as a little bit of A, throwing the baby out of the bathwater, but B, just tinkering for the sake of tinkering. And I think a lot of people think it gets in the way of the core gameplay, which they do enjoy, and doesn't do a very good job at expanding this new stuff in the process. I fall more on that side of the camp, but I knew going into it that it was a really mixed game, not in the sense of just straight down the middle for everyone, but when you combine the average of all of it, uh, all of the impressions that I kind of saw about it, it really ended up diverging straight down the middle in the end as a game instead. So I was a little bit conflicted going into it, uh, and coming out of it, yeah, I thought it was pretty bland, if not a little bit bad. So I wrote, at the time... Uh, bearing in mind as well, I finished this on Wii U. I think I bring this up in the review. Yes, I do. Okay, so I, I won't elaborate on that, but I'll just read it verbatim. So I was aware that superchargers were divisive going into it. Da, 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 da. Uh, in the end, I just came away feeling absolutely no strong feeling about this game. The only point I can really articulate fully is that it's definitely my least favourite so far. The vehicles are difficult to control and their sections are boring to sit through, overall feeling more like a shock, shock jump than a well-fleshed-out mechanic. Sure, the story is better than most, but really not saying much. The nicest things I have to say is that the book level was very visually interesting. The closest thing I can describe this book level to is it, uh, even though it's a 3D game, it puts you into a 2D perspective and gives you a completely fresh art style, like almost a cell shaded kind of look, uh, like a children's picture pop-up book. It's a really gorgeous level. That was like the only level I remembered from the entire experience. Not that the series is known for its like memorable level designs, but everything else just merged into this one big clump of boring. And that one was like, ooh, this is visually pretty. This is nice to look at. That's the one that stood out to me, but that is one of about 20. <laughs> so <laughs> get prepared. Um, the closest thing I can, yeah, describe it to is that one level in New Super Mario Bros. U, the one that's uh, based off of Vincent Van Gogh paintings, um, specifically Starry... It's the Starry Night level, I can't remember the name of the painting. I want to say Starry Night, but I'm also not sure about that one. That one is a level that far precedes the game, because everyone knows that thing. It's beautiful, really gorgeous stuff. The rest of the game, no one can agree on if they like it or don't like it it's the exact same boat as that sort of thing um so yeah that that level was very visually interesting i noted as a positive and bowser and dk are some of the most fun and inspired characters in the entire series i played it on wii u just to play as them so i sucked up all the loading times and performance problems 
that actually made the game more enjoyable than if I'd not done that. But otherwise, I can't really force myself to say anything else about this game. For a series that I often find critical consensus was a little too harsh on, the middling rating this game gets when all the bickering is said and done is entirely accurate. It's pretty drab, and was a warning sign of the market crash just around the corner. It's not really much more beyond that warning, but it's certainly, most of the time, much, much less. So yeah, uh, a series that I'm quite often quite lenient on. I was not lenient on Superchargers. I uh, I wasn't too big of a fan of it at the time. I think I'm speaking a little bit more negatively or, uh, in retrospect than I was at the time, but I remember it being a very boring experience that I could only play for like an hour at a time and we'd have to break it up over multiple days and we had to, we, at some points we just took big breaks from it as well. Um, yeah, I just... Bleh bleh game which is a shame because the one I played before it was actually my favourite so far and uh, I thought that one was a little bit underrated as the overall ratings go this one overrated (laughs) Uh, on the 16th of May I finished both Sonic Origins and Sonic Adventure DX 100% uh, I say 100% in the case of Sonic Origins, but it really wasn't. In truth, I just wanted to go through and get all the Steam achievements. You can do that with debug mode. You can do that with debug mode in like an hour and a half. I've already done it on PlayStation once, and I thought I'd go through and do it on Steam as well, before the inevitable happened, because I kind of know what Sega will do. When Sonic Origins Plus comes out next month, this month, geez, um... When it comes out then, they'll go ahead and patch out all the exploits that allow people to get the achievements super quickly. So I thought, I'll do it while it's it's simple. And uh, there it is. I went ahead and did that. I didn't actually really play much of the game at all. Just spammed the same bits over and over again in the case of mission mode to get those achievements. And then debugged my way through the rest of the games. And that was all that it needed. So it wasn't really much of anything, but I... As I said, got all the achievements, so I just listed it there anyway. Sonic Adventure DX Director's Cut. I went through and fully 100%ed this thing for the first time ever. Back uh, back in early 2022, if not late 2021, I managed to go through and get all 130 emblems. And then I had an issue with my PC that meant I ended up having to reset my operating system. Now, while I backed up most files, Sonic Adventure DX's save files, because I was using the... Uh, all the conversion mods and stuff to make it look more like the Dreamcast version. It actually redirected the save files to somewhere which I hadn't managed to back up, uh, therefore losing the entire lot in one swoop. So I did that part of the 100% perfectly, but I didn't then go back and do all the mission mode stuff, uh, go and do the boss rushes and all the other minigame stuff that you can do. So as a result, I wasn't perfectly happy with that and wanted to come back to this properly one day. And did that, finished it in about... 12 hours in game time I want to say no that's a lie that was 12 hours in game time for the 130 emblems part I think like 3 or 4 more hours for the rest of it it's a game I'm very familiar with I love Sonic Adventure DX Uh, more so I love Sonic Adventure the original DX I appreciate the fact that you can mod it on PC but I don't tend to pay much attention to its own original content because I love the experience of going back through and getting 130 emblems again it's one one of my favourite, if not my favourite game of all time, so I can just go and do that bit continuously, because that's all the original Dreamcast content, and it's great. I did Mission Mode for the first time, however, which was new to the GameCube port of uh, DX, and then, of course, carried up to all the other versions. I was not as much of a fan of that. 
some missions, for the most part, it was fine. A bit too cryptic. You needed a guide for it. And there were some missions that felt quite poorly designed, way too difficult for what they were supposed to be or the intended way that you were supposed to do them. Uh, a couple I ended up having to glitch my way through, which is something I'm no stranger to in Sonic Adventure DX, but it says a lot when it's easier to, oh, just spin dash and clip out of bounds and try and get this much height and land in the super specific area and then you'd have to reset like 10 times to get it right. But then once you do that spin dash all the way up this hill and this is actually still easier than doing it the intended way after spending like 30 to 45 minutes on it. A glitch I already knew how to do. It was just that inconsistent. That was surprisingly easier than doing it the way the devs actually wanted you to do it. And certainly less time consuming because it was about two minutes to get back to the point on ice cap every time I had to reset those stupid missions. Not great. Not in the slightest bit great. It's done though. Um, yeah, Sonic Adventure is one of my favourite games of all time. I love DX for the reason that you can mod it, but DX's original content is not it. So, I'll continue playing it through that way. Of course I will, but I just probably won't be touching mission mode again unless I really have to for whatever reason. I've already spoken about it on another episode, so I'll spare you the details, but a rare encounter, a game made by a group of friends, and we got to play some music from it the other day. Uh, this was finished on the 17th of May. A real great game, it's like a 10 minute visual novel if you're interested in checking it out. I think it's available for free on itch.io. I think it's on more devices than when I originally listed it. I think it's also on Android now and got a couple patches, and in fact the song I played actually did get a... Uh, not a remix as in a remix remix, but, you know, it got mixed again from scratch kind of thing. Um, so there's a couple updates for that one if you were interested when I described it the other day. Uh, LEGO 2K Drive. Gonna save my thoughts on this for a future episode. Yes, it's the other game that I said I was probably gonna try and do alongside Puzzle Bubble at this point just because of how long it's taking to find either soundtrack anywhere. So I'll mostly spare my judgement, but I finished that on the 22nd of May. On the 25th, Spyro the Dragon Reignited. Never had a lot of love for Spyro, honestly, which is really weird, because I've said uh, on these shows many times, you know, we literally just talked about Skylanders, right? I just didn't have any love for Vanilla Spyro, not because of any reason, but... I always, it was one of those games that I loved watching. I loved watching people play the original three games, but I would just watch them and think, that's very cool. I don't know if I'd get on the, with this game that much. I don't know if this thing would be for me. Uh, I can appreciate other people playing them and being really good and skilled at them, but I ne I'm never really sure. I was never really sure, is this something I want to hop into myself? I wish I could go back and kick myself in uh, in the backside for that one because Spyro the Dragon 1, which I played through here uh, on the Reignited Trilogy, I gave it 4.5 stars out of 5. I loved this game. A lot. And this is apparently uh, still yet to be trumped by Spyro 2. Now, whether I'll actually find that to be the case, I don't know, but I loved this. Every second of it. Uh, it was the most tight and controlled yet satisfying and fluid collectathon I've ever played. And in a series that's quite often meandering and um, its collectibles quickly spiral out of control, and uh, a lot of issues I have with it like that, and it never feels like a controlled experience. It feels like, like when they designed it, they just went overboard. Spyro is so tightly knit, so perfectly laid out and designed and incentivizing and all, all these sorts of words to describe just how well designed the entire package is. 
And yeah, the remake could have gone further for a lot of people. I know that's the general consensus, but in terms of just talking about the game, it's fantastic. Does it look better than a new coat of paint? Does it play nicely uh, on PC, having access to 60 FPS and above? Yes. Uh, could they have done more with the remake? Also yes. But is it a great game that just got a slight touch up and therefore is slightly better as a result of it? Yes. Could it still be better? Yes. There we go. That's what I think about it. Incredible game. Loved my time with this one. Uh, in fact, uh, just for the sake of it, I'm sure a lot of people will go, yeah, that's exactly how it should be. But uh, yes, the first entry in the Sparrow of the Dragon series is four and a half stars out of five. That does, in fact, on my meter rank higher than any of the uh, Skylanders games that I've reviewed so far. I know a lot of people uh, have that immediate pre uh, preconception about it because, of course, it is. Uh, I grew up with Spyro and I didn't grow up with this one, therefore one's better than the other or vice versa. No, I, I don't. I always hate that there's got to be some sort of competition in it, uh, in that sense. You can enjoy both things completely independent of each other, but did I find one better than the other? For the sake of facts and for the sake of getting it out of the way, yes. But do I think that should be used to put one down over the other? No. No, I don't. Fantastic, but I can't wait to get into Fire of the Dragon 2 and explore the series a bit more beyond that, and I wish I could go back in time and absolutely boot myself for having that mindset for all these years. Wasted so much time not playing that fantastic game. Puzzle Bobble, every bubble now. Uh, I beat on the 27th, once again, saving my thoughts on that. And then uh, I got in a bit of a reignited mood, but I wasn't quite ready to start uh, Spyro 2 yet. So instead, I went back to the Insane Trilogy and actually managed, incredibly, uh, I tried once or twice before and didn't have any luck. I actually managed to fi uh, finish Crash Bandicoot, thanks to the... Uh, modern sensibilities of the insane trilogy like giving you a little bit of a hand if you're dying too much but not too much to be really handholdy but just like an extra hit on the boss or something that was greatly appreciated uh, but thanks to stuff like that and way better save systems than the originals and the fact that i'm a filthy uh control stick player for crash games i don't get on with the d-pad and as you know the uh, original ps1 version only had d-pad support so, because of all that, the Insane Trilogy for me is absolutely the way to go on this game. And because of those touch-ups, I actually really had a good time with it. Uh, so I, I noted, the last time I gave this game a serious go, which was more than just playing a couple of levels and then dropping out, I remember it being a really frustrating experience and promptly gave up just before the halfway point. Crash 1 then became a game I'd, quote, come back to every time I thought about it. But something kept pushing me, or something that I kept pushing back as I remembered my prior experiences and therefore misery with it. This time around though, and a couple of Crash games under my belt since then, I actually found it to be a tough but rewarding platformer. Yes, it's very basic in comparison to uh, the Crash 2 and 3, both remakes and originals. But there's still a quite simplicity to the gameplay of Crash 1 that works nicely for it, even if it's not as uh, feature-packed or feature-rich as the successes when all said and done. The Insane Trilogy also does quite a lot to make the game more accessible, both by uh, modern sensibilities and also just to bring it in line with more with Crash 2 and 3. So the slight tweaks, in my opinion, went a long way as to helping me actually finish the game and making it feel more like tough love and less of an exercise in torture. But overall, I had a lot of fun with it. Four stars out of five. I intend to revisit it in the future again from now on because, well, I enjoyed it that much. There we go. That was the last game. I finished that there on May 29th. And 
that's really about it. That's all I managed to finish in the month of May 2023. Also played a bit of Tower Unite, restart an Animal Crossing world as uh, we're doing a bit of two-player co-op locally on that one and it's going to be a lot of fun over the course of the next couple of months. Played some presumably Marika 8 Deluxe and other things online with friends and the gaming groups. Oh yeah, and I got up to Minecraft as well thanks to the Sonic Texture Pack reveal and launch and well, I should bring this up right now, actually, since we are on Radio Sega. Um, we, so I'll read this out live. But for anyone who's interested and has Minecraft on, goodness, it's a long list now, isn't it? PC, but through the Windows Store, so the Bedrock version. If you have it on that, if you have it on Android, iOS, Nintendo Switch, PS4, or Xbox, don't think I'm missing anything. But if you have it on any of them and you would like to join our realm, hey, we've currently got <laughs> an ongoing uh, game mode in the Sonic Texture Pack. Just a normal survival world, but with the Sonic Texture Pack on, because we thought it would be a fun thing to do for Radio Sega. kind of goes out to everyone, though. Uh, it's going to be a public invite, so if anyone wants one, feel free to hop it in the chat. I probably would have brought this up on Pick and Mix otherwise, but... I uh, didn't remember to do that because, well, there's no pick and mix. So, <laughs> as a result, that was something I actually played for quite a bit this month, was a bit of Minecraft. So, looking forward to playing it with some more people next month. This month. You know what I mean. So, get in touch if that's something you'd be interested in if you're in the Discord right now. Anyways, more music. I've spoken for long enough. And let's have a bit of Skylander Superchargers then. Actually, one of my favourite soundtracks in that series. It's really good. And I've played quite a few of the good tracks from it before. So as a result, I delved into the land of YouTube to see what people's favourite tracks were to try and play something different. And what I found was something that would normally be a bit of a mixed bag. That being, you've probably seen millions of, you know, blank games, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate styled remix. If you see something like that, or Sega Genesis remix, or any of those sorts of terms, I've used the sound font of one game and put it into another game. Or put it... I've used the sound font of one game's soundtrack on another game's music. When you see something like that on YouTube, that's typically assigned to run. Because... I don't tend to be very good. There's been a couple times on this show, actually, though, where we've had remixes uh, that fit that exact bill that have actually been amazing. This one's great as well. It's from AA Ron HD, and it's a remix of Rift into Overdrive from Skylander Superchargers as remixed in a style not really all that adjacent to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, actually. You could just call this remix like epic orchestral remix or whatever YouTube algorithm things determine that it would be best to call it nowadays. And you wouldn't think anything more of it because it's actually a fantastic remix that stands completely in its own right without uh, piggybacking off a of Smash Ultimate for any reason. So it's it's a great one. Let's go ahead and get into it and afterwards we got a bit more of a traditional track from Spyro the Dragon for the PS1. So let's jump into it and when we come back I'll be talking to you about what you finished in May 2023 right here on Viper's VGM Chair.
Welcome back. That was from Spire of the Dragon, Alpine Ridge, and before that from AA Ron HD remixing Rift into Overdrive from Skylanders Superchargers. That was well, the track of the same name, but the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate remix. And now we are back, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what you've been up to, what you've been playing. You know all of that by now, though. So why don't we go ahead and jump down into both chat rooms. So first of all, I had the big old message from Alari. So we'll start exactly, exactly there, sorry. Why would we not? So let's go ahead and... Well, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Let's just read it. I tried, <laughs> I tried setting up my old retro handheld and started to play A Link to the Past before going back to the deck. But before that, I did beat Sonic Pocket Adventure, the bad ending, yeah, that's completely fair, and Simpsons Arcade before I did so. Simpsons Arcade was not very fun single player, but as we've discussed elsewhere, I absolutely think it's pretty fun in multiplayer, as long as you credit scum, but that's like most arcade games, to be honest with you, from that time period. After getting emulation organised on deck, I spent a month jumping in and out of various games. Micro Mages, which is NES Homebrew, Super Mario 3D Land, even Gyro works on the deck. Wow, I'm actually quite surprised by that. Uh, Revenge of Death Adder, Lotus Turbo Challenge 2, Amiga Emulation is new to me, Ice Climber, Arkanoid, Do It Again, and... Is it meant to be Do It Again? I'm guessing it's going to be. And Mario Kart Wii. I also replayed Sonic Triple Trouble 16-bit during this, uh, and I managed to start the day before the update. As for recently, I jumped back into Pokemon Violet, still loving it. Well, a lot to go through there, but great to hear that you've been enjoying emulation on the Steam Deck as per always. As you can guess, we didn't even pay it any attention, but that was our mention for the week there. Uh, you have to have at least one every week, don't you? But glad you've been enjoying your emulation, and a great batch of games there. Revenge of Death Adder as well, fantastic game, often deserves way more credit than it gets. I, I really enjoyed my time with that one on the Astro City Mini in particular. But great stuff, and uh, glad to hear you're still enjoying Pokemon Violet, and hey! Uh, based on the stream tonight, maybe you'll continue enjoying Pokemon Violet today. Who knows? <laughs> uh, Jamie mentioned, so for the last month, for me, it's been a month of Tomb Raider. To be more specific, the Survivor Trilogy, which rebooted the series. The trilogy consisting of Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. During this journey, I aimed to complete all three games 100% in-game. I did that with all but Shadow of the Tomb Raider, thanks to it glitching out on me. The glitch happens because if a side mission loads up before accepting the one before it, they're tied to each other, and if you accept the latter, it glitches and stops you from completing it. This led to Shadow at 99.76%, I believe. I loved all three, despite ha but uh, despite it having some issues uh, here and there. And Shadow is my favourite, especially with the huge amount of content uh, exploring and puzzles in the game, and this is including with the DLC. Out of the three, Shadow is the only one not developed by the main team at Crystal Dynamics, but by Eidos Montreal, who supported the games, mainly the multiplayer side of things. To add, I didn't initially want to request that track from Tomb Raider 2, as I wanted the theme from Tomb Raider 13 and couldn't find it. But that track from Tomb Raider 2 is actually an easter egg from the Croft Manor segment that's included in Rise of the Tomb Raider, uh, the 20th anniversary celebration release on PS4. Nathan McCree, who composed it, has always done an exceptional job uh, doing an orchestrated style soundtrack to each of the first three games back in the 90s without actually using an orchestra. Now I'm working my way through Assassin's Creed Origins. Nice to hear, I don't have any experience with the Tomb Raider franchise, something I should fix. It's actually not on that game so I want to complete it for the first time in 2023 and beyond list that I always make uh, reference to. So I, uh, I don't have an excuse, it should probably go on there at some point, shouldn't it? 
but glad to hear you were, you uh, enjoying those games. Sucks about the uh, completion requirements, but it is a modern game by Square Enix slash a AAA game, so you've got to expect it um, from these sort of things. I'm not surprised that that wasn't patched, and yet also am at the same time, but I should know to swallow that pride of mine by now, surely, with the way modern gaming's going. So, aside from that, we also had It's Purvis, who, uh, well, first of all, came in with a message ass. Uh, don't take that out of context, but, uh, well, maybe the ass was in relation to this, because Purvis is ass deep in Tears of the Kingdom, gonna be here for weeks and weeks. Uh, people are all like, it took me 125 hours to beat it, it's so long, and I'm like, I beat the first boss at 125 hours, mostly because I wanted the unlocks. Now back to the wilderness. Wow. Uh, I still haven't started Tears of the Kingdom, as you can guess. I want to play Breath of the Wild first, because I've never even touched it, believe it or not. Uh, I think I still plan on potentially getting around to that sometime soon, but £50 Nintendo game uh, is always an off-putting thing when you have no money to pay that for a six-pound or a six-year-old game. So possibly look into borrow it sooner rather than later, or right, maybe just get the Wii U version for a little bit of a discount. It will happen regardless. I will get around to it, but definitely not getting to Tears of the Kingdom before that happens. So we'll go ahead and uh, we'll go ahead and <laughs> see what goes on there. Uh, aside from that, let's see what's going on on the Radio Sega side of the stream. Uh, I'm just going to scroll up a little bit, just in case I missed anything. No, there we go. So we got a message from Hydro who says, In May, I played The Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog a bit later than anyone else. Or everyone else, sorry. It's such a charming game that I play with my daughter, which has really helped with her reading. She loved it, and seeing her unravel the mystery was great. She thought everyone was acting sus <laughs> and nicholas a man who uh, also a big wave to says but also ragtimey yeah i i love everything about that game i'm so glad to hear that you had such a positive experience with it but not only you but also your daughter because oh it's great i love uh murder of sonic the hedgehog and well i get the feeling i got a, i got a dm request from hydro i i get the feeling i'm finding some time for music from murder of sonic the hedgehog aren't i so i might as well uh get round to importing that right about now. Uh, is it even on my hard drive? I don't think it is. That is the noise of it not being on my hard drive. Okay, well, we'll figure that one out, if that is indeed what my message request is about. Uh, yeah, I think that is what the message... Right, we'll try and find some room for that then. Um, regardless, uh, what else do we have over here in the Radio Sega Discord? We had one from Twinny who said, I actually finished Crash the Huge Adventure recently, if that counts. It's nice going back to the GBA Crash games again, now that I can get them running on my modded 3DS. Never touched them, but I know at least the uh, Huge Adventure and Entranced, I think, is the other one, right? I know they're really good. Like, probably to most people, the at least the the true Crash 4 of the time, more than Wrath of Cortex, and now that we've got a real Crash 4, um, I know people are a little bit less reluctant to uh, <laughs> to say that sort of thing, but certainly back then I know people thought of them as great games, so I imagine that's still the case, but glad you played that, and I uh, hope you enjoyed your time with it, because I should do that sooner rather than later, I think. Uh, we also had the opinion that Spire, on the other hand, on the GBA pretty mid. It really depended, didn't it? Because I think, uh, as Jamie says, they were isometric 3D. I know it was a really mixed bag, but didn't people like the second isometric one in particular? 
I remember the first one had some teething pains, but apparently the second one was really good. And then they went completely off the rails with uh, Crash Purple and Spirit Orange, which I heard uh, aren't the definition of good, uh, you could say. Uh, and I think a couple of the other games on there are also pretty pretty bad, but I, I certainly know people uh, liked the second one at least, but Crash had a bit of a better track record for the most part. Uh, so that's good to hear, anyway. That's what Jet Set Radio G GBA did and it sucks, says Twinny. I actually have an appreciation for Jet Set Radio and the GBA, and uh, by extension, the games that Vicarious Visions worked on on the same engine, just of the fact that um, that it is from Vicarious Visions, who of course always do awesome work, uh, in spite of Activision being the world's worst company, Vicarious Visions were, and I think still are, pretty alright from what I know, and their work on uh, those handheld versions of Tony Hawk were actually apparently pretty good. Not as good as the console versions, but certainly really technically impressive and actually quite good to play. GSM Radio GBA I know has its problems, but even just from the technical perspective and the crossing over of companies perspective, is somewhat of a one I tend to give a pass as a result. But yeah, if you're talking console quality, it's not it, but is it a really cool game for the GBA? Yeah, I think it is. Even, well, yeah, as you say, the controls are a little difficult, but even then, I still found them perfectly alright for the most part. But I know there's certain sections which are almost impossible to beat, according to most people, which is not as fun, but they serve nicely more as a tech demo uh, rather than a full game, I'd say, in the case of Jet Set Radio for the GBA, which is a shame, but makes sense. But yeah, there we go. So, thank you to everyone who messaged in. I think we also had one from Wrath real quick, so let me just head back onto Twitter and uh, double-check that one before I go ahead and uh, end off the segment here. There we go. We had one from Wrath who says, The Don Patchy on the Saturn is tense. Stage 3 and 6 is a cool track. So we've got that one coming up for you in the next music break. Uh, so go ahead and enjoy that one. I'm still just trying to figure out where I'm going to slot in this song, to be completely honest with you. Do you know what? Maybe we have a two-track two finale. Uh, it's never been done on Vipers VGM before. They said you shouldn't do it, but I think we're going to do it. I think we're going to have two tracks to end off the show and have a block of what is already three songs here. So we're going to kick things off with a track from none other than Crash Bandicoot, the Insane Trilogy version. Afterwards, a track from Sonic Adventure, and finally, as requested by Wrath, a track from Dodonpachi, released for a bunch of platforms, but as played by Wrath on the Sega Saturn, where, of course, you should play all 2D games of the fifth generation, because it quite often tend to be the best way to play them. It's just the best console in general, um, but... I am uh, barking up the wrong tree here, at least on the KNGI side of the stream, because I know this is an argument I am not going to win, uh, but damn it, I like the Sega Saturn a lot, and uh, I'm very unapologetic about that. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into some Crash Bandicoot, and when we come back, it'll be time to end off the show. But until then, enjoy the great tunes, and I'll speak to you momentarily.
Looking for more? Go to our website at KNGI.org. time we are back on this week's episode of Viper's VGM Show. What you just heard there was a track from Dodon Patchy, stages 3 and 6 requested there by Wrath. Follow that from Sonic Adventure, Bad Taste Aquarium, and kicking off that block from Crash Bandicoot, the insane trilogy version, that was Dr. Neocortex, which is the theme of the sixth boss, and bonus. I don't remember the reasoning behind why we named them like this, but we did. Uh, anyway, yeah, Dr. Neocortex there. Anyways, thank you for listening tonight's, to tonight's episode. I hope, you have a, hope you've had, had a great time. Just like I have, so thank you for being here, both on the KNGI Network and on Radio Sega 2. If you'd like to catch this episode again on the podcasting feeds and the like, then this will be on the Vipers VGM feed and the KNGI Master Network. Or the KNGI Network Master Feed as well, so there's two different places to normally get it, but I'd recommend search for Vipers VGM on all good podcasting services and you'll be able to catch this episode, and many others as well, on demand. You can also do the same for Pick and Mix, my other show that normally airs here on Radio Sega, 7pm on a Friday. Not quite this week, but next week it shall be back too, and we'll have another great episode of that one. But you can catch up on all four previous series over on various platforms. One of which I meant to mention at the start of the show, but we're going to uh, mention here at the tail end, 
a brand new podcasting platform, six months roughly in the making. It was being teased all over the place on my shows, uh, on Resident SD's shows, on, on various different places, and the hints were right in front of people's eyes all the time. But Terra Player is now live, so go to Terra, as in, like, I don't know, Terra Onion, for example, uh, if you know the OD devices, T-E-R-R-A, terraplayer.com, and you go ahead and check out the brand new website bringing you greatest gaming con- the greatest in-gaming content. Don't miss out the words now, Viper, you're so close. It's so nearly the end of the show. <laughs> but go on over there, because there's some really great stuff going on. Uh, you can listen to the Kane Show Network and Radio Sega over there. On top of that, there's also a service now in place to be able to listen on the Amazon Alexas. So if you own one of them, go ahead and tell it to download the Terra Player skill, and you can actually listen to Radio Sega on smart devices once again. And you can listen to the KNGI network in the process. What could go wrong? Yes, a great website. Uh, I've had behind-the-scenes access to it basically since very early on, for a good six months or so. And I've been really excited for it to come out because it looked like it was going to be some great stuff, and it absolutely is. So you're really going to go and want to check it out. It's going to grow and expand in size and uh, platforms featured and podcasts and radio stations on the website. And uh, you know where you can access TerraPlayer from. It's gonna it's gonna be a great site. So be sure to go and check that out. Super handy. Had a great time of it, and the chap support as well is awesome. Uh, there's there's a lot to love about it. But you could have listened to both shows or both streams that this show is on onto uh, on tonight's live edition at least because both Radio Sega and KNGI are listed and are currently doing this. Uh, are currently relaying the stream over there as well. So. Plenty of ways to listen in to us, and one more has come into the fray as well, so go and check that one out. I'm going to share a video in a little bit um, that is from one of the original demos of Terra Player that I was given access to. It involves the KNGI network, and it it's such a great accidental piece of comedy that I've got to let people know about it, so I'll post that in the Discord servers and it'll probably go up on Twitter in a little bit's time, but now that Terra Player is live, I... Uh, wanted to celebrate it in my own way and that's not just giving it a plug it is uh it is embarrassing resident st on twitter.com so <laughs> enjoy that one uh for now though next week's episode of vipers vgm here on the KJ network you know the drill you know i sound like a broken record at this point if all goes well i would like it to be an episode about either puzzle bubble every bubble or lego 2k drive or in the best case scenario both will it be it feels at this point out of my control, but I will try my best to make it so. If not, there will still be an episode regardless, so join us here on KNGI.org. And next week's episode of Pick and Mix should be a rollover of what was meant to be this episode, uh, this week's episode as well, hoping that will be the first edition of The Codebreakers Show. Still got a lot more development to do on my end, and as mentioned, still waiting on some assets as well, so... Not quite over the line yet, but I'm hoping to be. If not, I'll let you know what's going on with that a bit later uh, ahead of the show next week. So that's what's coming up on both of them. If you listen to this live, I will be live streaming over on Twitch.tv in about... Give me about 15 minutes after the uh, show ends here. But about 15 or so minutes after this ends, go ahead and catch me. Twitch.tv forward slash the Green Viper 8. I'll be streaming for a couple hours over there, continuing with part two of my Pokemon Scarlet replay, 
we're playing it live with the, uh, the the viewers of the stream. So if you're a friend of mine, or you know, you listen to this show, you're a regular, anything like that, you're perfectly fine to come and join us in the online co-op mode. We'll be doing various namings of Pokemon. Or we'll be doing the whole lot. It's just a fun interactive playthrough that I thought would be nice to go through every year. You know, try and try and do it once in a while. So we've got part two of that coming up. So. Join me live then, uh, go and give me a follow over there and be sure not to miss it because we're going to have a great time. Aside from that though, that's really all i got for you on this week's show. Two more tracks to come for you, both requests. First of all, from The Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog, we have the closet version of the interrogation theme. And afterwards, as requested by Electric Boogaloo from Landmaker, also known as Builder's Block, it's Versus Sumi, I think that is. Uh, I will just read out uh, Electric Boogaloo's message about that since I did get one ahead of time. Uh, so Electric Boogaloo says, Recently I'd gotten my old broken PS2 Slim resurrected and spent a lot of time in May putting it for its paces. One of the games I tried out was Taito's Landmaker, aka Builder's Block, which like most Taito games has a really great soundtrack. So let's play both of those to end off the show. Thank you ever so much for listening. I've been Green Viperate, and regardless of whether you've been listening to me on the KNGI Network or Radio Sega, thank you very much for your time. And well, thank you as always for joining me on this current instalment of my VGM chair.
You're listening to the KNGI Network.